0: Hey, crack fans. Joining us on the show once again today is a returning champion here to our Cracked Rackets podcast and the head coach of our most impressive team of the past week in women's college tennis. It's my friend, NC State women's head coach, Simon Earnshaw. Coach, congratulations on a fantastic week. Wins over Tennessee, South Carolina, and East Carolina. I didn't forget the nightcap. How are you feeling about your team? 8-0 and start.
1: Yeah, thank you, Alex. It's great to be here. Um impressive maybe because we played a lot of matches i don't yeah. know <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's great to be back where we can play a lot of matches we didn't have that opportunity for double headers uh last season for one reason or another but uh yeah thank you and yeah feeling pretty good i mean i you 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 sort of look at your schedule and have okay if this happens this happens this happens maybe we can arrive at this uh point in the season uh unblemished mm-hmm. and uh yeah here we are
0: Yeah, and again, it's some familiar faces, some new ones. And you look at your team's schedule. I want to ask you about, you know, the Duke and Princeton weekend. But this was your team's first road test because you guys got to host the kickoff weekend as well. And, you know, on Friday, you guys go to Tennessee, a team we got to see here on our Crack Rackets broadcast and watching them. A lot of uh, familiar faces, a lot of talent in that lineup, one through six as well. And something I noticed your team did not only this weekend, but throughout the season, you win a doubles point on the road at Tennessee. How critical was that doubles point in that match? You know, to what do you credit the success your team has had in doubles thus far this season?
1: I mean I think we've we've done well in doubles f- for a while now. Um I, I don't want to emphasize that the doubles is like crucial for us because look we're not going to win every doubles point. And we're certainly not going to win the doubles point the way we've been winning some of them. At the moment, um, I actually feel like in some of these matches, I told the girls after the doubles against Tennessee that in a way there is no momentum from that type of doubles point because you get up really fast and then there's this lull. You keep talking about the lull in the first set of uh, singles, right? It's almost like it becomes an extended lull. I think one of these close doubles points where there's maybe a tie break that then carries over into singles helps helps you uh, sort of start a little quicker in singles. And I think you could see that in the early going in the singles matches. It was pretty nip and tuck. Uh, we were up on free courts and I think down on, on free courts early against Tennessee. So, I mean, doubles is something we enjoy to play. Um, we have a system. Everybody knows what we're doing. There's, there's no secrets here. I mean, just ask all the other ACC coaches. They know exactly what our doubles looks like. The question is, is can they do anything about it? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't know whether the anticipation of what we're going to do is is causing some people some extra uh, stress, potentially. Um, you know, we're just out there. We're trying to execute. We're trying to play at, a, a, at the tempo we like to uh, play at. And you know we we have girls that will move forward. We're not we're certainly not not scared to shorten rallies and to take the ball out of the air. And you know if we can play one or two bounce doubles, then uh, without serve volleying because yeah, yeah I know there's been some question as to whether that's coming back. <laughs> now we're not we're not there with Cressy yet or uh, men's doubles where we could manage that. But yeah, I mean it would be awesome if we could give it a go.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, there's no denying your team has been over the past three, four five seasons, one of the teams in terms of executing on that doubles point. You're right, that NC State system very well known at this point. I want to talk about some of the newcomers, but I want to talk about Jada Daniel first because you go back to that opening Princeton-Ohio State weekend. You know, she plays two close matches, but she ends up getting knocked off by Freeman, by Arena Contos, who are two of the top 10 players in the country. By no means are those bad losses. You look for her this weekend. She beats Rebecca, 3-3. Three and three. She beats Sarah Hamner, who, you know, was one of, if not the player of the fall this past uh, uh fall, you know. What have you seen from Jada this season? We obviously a ton of success last season. She stepped up into that number one spot. You know, what's allowed her to have this sort of success?
1: Yeah, I mean, we we have a little bit of excitement amongst our players because the top of our lineup's been blocked for several seasons. <laughs> sure. Our our three uh, A's, um, Alana, Anna, and Adriana, had, uh, had a lock on that since 2018 and even back then Adriana and Anna were at one and two so we've got some girls who sort of the value of their game rather than being soldiers in the trenches just manufacturing points for the team have this chance now to be in the front line and uh, Jada had a good fall she actually had a bit of a disappointing ending to the fall I think she was a match away from making fall nationals was up 6-4 fall of on Cameron Mora in the regional and uh you know, just couldn't find a way through Cameron. Cameron really upped a game and made it really difficult. We never had a match point. Mm-hmm. Um, End up losing six four in the third, seven five six four in the third. So you know, coming off that, I think we we saw that uh, Jada definitely felt she could uh, compete at this level, but it just didn't start that way in January. Um, we played an event down in uh, Miami. We played outdoors. Um, we actually had, was a you know we had uh, submitted to host our kickoff weekend outdoors. We're sort of tricky like that, um, but with our limited indoor facility, it, it's a better match if we play outdoors. I think for everybody, even for the red zone, wouldn't be as long, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so first match, so we run up against Peyton Stearns in Miami. And I think Peyton's coming off a little bit of a um you know timeout as well. And I actually thought that both girls played a good match. I mean Peyton was very, very clean in that match, maybe playing at a higher level than I expected. And it came down to Jada dropping a couple of games that she probably should have won on serve, and 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 it was a four and three. And so okay. no worries. We then go and uh, lose another two matches down there. Eden Richardson uh, managed to extract herself from a sure. loss on the second day. And so we we came into that opening weekend. I, I wouldn't say we were, you know, crestfallen or down on confidence, but there were definitely some doubts. And you're faced immediately with Freeman and Cantos. And, and that's not really what you want to see in, 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 in that sort of situation. Had a, you know... It was it was a bad weather weekend mm-hmm. against uh, Princeton and Ohio State. We had snow, and when you have snow in the rally area, it's like all hell is let loose, <laughs> yeah. and people just don't know what they're doing. Jader actually was in a in a car accident on the way to the match. Um, I don't know. It, you could look at that both ways. Maybe it distracted her a little bit. Uh, was a little bit slow at the start against Freeman, but I think played a good second set. And I think there was a positive takeaway from that second set and that continued against Cantos. We just, you know, from six, five, we actually were down five, two in the third in that one, got to six, five and, you know, got a little bit tight. Mr. forehand on the 15 all point there right on top of the net actually went too big, but I think you could see that the game was starting to come together and look a bit more like the fall. And then, week a weekends so a little bit more work and yeah I mean she 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 was great uh for the kickoff beat uh you know Penn State's actually got a pretty tough number one there. Um I've had a few Estonian players in my time. I don't know how I don't know um uh, I don't know her because she's it's not the largest country on the planet. <laughs> yeah. uh, and you know outside of Contavite or Canopy uh, there's not a ton of uh top uh females but um yeah and played a, played a good match against campana and so i think you know jade is jade is good at looking at things objectively and we we tend to be a bit of a data-driven program we try and take the other side of the net out try and remove emotions from the equation and be as objective as possible and i think she was starting to feel like she was able to execute on a game, and the things that we've been working on hard, and could see that over the kickoff. And we got out into the match at Tennessee, and yeah, I mean, she just really knocking the ball past Rebecca. And uh, you know, once once Jada gets up and she's able to really assert herself, it's it's hard to stay with her. She plays plays a style that you don't always see in college. It's uh it's I wouldn't call it first strike, but it's somewhat close. And trying to, you know, I think everybody knows she's very athletic. And she's quick and she's strong. I mean, Jada can do 50 pull-ups like nobody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, she's using that offensively rather than just to get herself out of difficult situations. And it and it carried on into the South Carolina match. She actually, was up six one five one. Uh-huh and got a little tight uh you know i mean one thing is we do know sarah's gonna fight
0: for
1: sure (laughs) that's it's it's gonna and when it becomes a bit of a street fight against her she's as good as anybody and you know it gets a bit rowdy and we're in the indoors she had a bit of a traveling section with her and she managed to get back into the second set there and and keep it close but jada managed to steady herself and and kind of get back and execute a lot better uh in the tiebreak so yeah i mean it's 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 positive it didn't start great i i want to say somebody does i see somebody tweet that she'd lost six matches in a row probably yeah but it's not i mean you've got you lose six matches in a row and four of those six at the frame and cantos more uh, and stearns
0: yeah
1: heck A lot of people would lose uh, those ones, right?
0: (laughs) I would argue most would. And so, you know, again, to see her play the weekend that she did, there's a reason she's top 10 in the country. And I think we saw that talent manifest itself this past weekend. Now, of course, you look for your team as we head uh, into this weekend. You're back into the National Indoors uh, Final 16 and, you know, Somehow you guys make the NCAA semifinal tournament, uh, semifinals of the NCAA tournament last year. You were not in the final eight of the national indoor field last year. Of course, I was there in 2020 when you guys played an exceptional national indoor tournament. And I would argue we're the second best team outside of North Carolina at that 2020 event. And so obviously this is a, a tournament you are familiar with. To be back there this year, what are you looking for for your team? What are you looking forward to for the event?
1: Yeah, I mean, so we... It's our third indoors now. We qualified in Seattle in 2019. And I think I said this on an earlier podcast. We were just happy to be there. I actually told the girls that the main goal was for us to go to Seattle because I'd never been to Seattle. (laughs) Uh, but You know, we were pretty competitive at that event. We played a close match with Georgia and uh, lost a uh, a 4-3 to the host team, Washington. Washington were a top 10 team that year. So, yeah, Seattle – uh so I mean put us in good shape uh I think for for the postseason run we had last year and also um the uh the time in Chicago. So yeah, I mean we have good memories of the event and uh missed it last year. Uh we just just weren't in position in January and February to play our best tennis. We 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 don't necessarily have players who've been I'm trying to think, how would I say? They, they, it's not like the girls that we have have been in the latter stages of Grand Slams in juniors or even pushed through later on in San Diego. So in some ways, we're maybe a little bit less experienced in these type of events. And so coming out of that not playing for nine months, it, it did affect us. And so we were very choppy and inconsistent um, Northwestern played a great match and just got us in the kickoff uh, indoor team and uh, I, I want to say they went on and did okay in Stillwater yeah, yeah? I think mean, they were they were very very fun. I think they came in fifth yeah I think so they won two matches so very
0: yeah, there's a marathon that Friday. Every or that Sunday, everything was four three. This is so irrelevant, but I'm hoping to. I don't know if I want to repeat it or not, but that's why it didn't end till like one thirty a.m. because everything went four three that Sunday. Northwestern beating Ohio State, one of those wins.
1: Yeah, I mean, we were disappointed. Of course. I mean, I think it's it's a fun event. I mean, it's an event that if you if you have the ability to qualify for it and experience it, it's going to be very, very productive. It's the only exempt event in college tennis. And we like to play, so if we can get three more dates at, at a minimum, you know, maybe four, uh, without it charging anything against our 25, then this is fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, excited to be back. Uh, looking forward to some really cold weather and uh yeah I mean it's 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 gonna be a great experience because we do have quite a different team now than we had back in Chicago
0: yeah snow in rally may end the day snow in Madison Wisconsin is just a Tuesday so yeah expect the cold you know in terms of expectations Alana Smith yes no this event we're gonna see her
1: I think a lot of people have seen her on the feed <laughs> <laughs> uh you you, you'll see her um look alana's alana had an injury in december unfortunately uh you know we talked about the eight hours and then the zero hours it occurred in the zero hour time period we were not on court with her she was trying to do some extra conditioning rolled her ankle so you think okay rolled ankle not a big deal well one in a thousand times, apparently, it becomes a big deal, and um, yeah, we're being very conservative. I mean, it. We we met with the surgeon right before Christmas. Uh, there is there is an option not to uh, have surgery, so we're pursuing that, but it's a long game, and um, we're not in a rush. Uh, to get her back. And fortunately the the rest of the girls have stepped up and, and allowed us to have a little bit of flexibility with that. So she'll be there, but yeah, yeah, yeah I didn't enter her. You've probably seen the, the lineup. Yeah.
0: I was going to say, uh, we'll see her was the right answer. We will see her, certainly. And now we get to bonus time here with Coach Earnshaw. Thank you all for listening to part one. Again, some of you may have heard that on our Deciding Point show. So, Coach, now I get to ask the fun questions. Let's start with Prisca. Freshman comes in. And by the way, actually, let me start with this. Next time we're doing a Power 5 coaching interview series and you have two additions like Prisca and Nell in your back pocket— do you want to just tell me like beforehand and just say, or Sophie, and just say, "Hey, like, just so you know, this is what the roster's actually going to look like come January," and then we can keep you in our top ten preseason rankings because you pull the fast one on all of us.
1: So, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you guys knew Nell was coming here. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I want to say your, your buddy Passer had put something out. Um, mm-hmm. the, the Prisca situation was difficult. Um, mm-hmm. We kind of had an agreement with the family not to promote it in any way, uh, which yeah. was tough because you do get asked questions. And uh, I mean, and I think some people knew, some people didn't. Um, but no, we we agreed to stay quiet on that one, and we stayed quiet. And uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it it there there were times when you're like, oh man, if we put this out, that's this is going to help us. Uh, would have helped us be maybe be a contender. I don't know. Maybe maybe the other voters for the uh, top ten contenders would have voted against us. Who knows, right? Um, but um, it's been in the works for a long time. I actually, you know, funny story is I I left uh, Chicago that Sunday and flew back to rally, and the next uh, Monday at 4 a.m. in the morning, I was on another flight to Jakarta. And we, I did a home visit with Priska and her family right after that ITA indoors, and you know, with you know, there are players where the recruitment is very short, and you know, transfers particularly it goes fast, but there are also ones where there's an incredible amount of work goes on on the front end, and and this was one of them, and uh, you know, I mean, coming in in January is difficult at the best of times and uh indonesia's had a long long lockdown uh prisca was was stuck in indonesia for a good 14 15 months she played fed cop right around the time that i visited her and couldn't get out really until april of 2021 mm-hmm. um so yeah and i mean that once they were out they were you would want to play, right? You want to travel, you want to play. I mean, she was still eligible to play juniors. Um, Roland Garros and Wimbledon weren't the same uh, results-wise as they were for her in 2019. Um, But I think the big thing was that she she had that ability to get out and play, which she took advantage of and, and did so through the fall and uh, i think you know we're fortunate to have her here i mean i think the one big thing with prisca is 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 if you're ever around her i mean it has to be the happiest and <laughs> and easiest person to be around of all time mm-hmm. just a great attitude loves tennis loves just being around people and being part of the program and uh yeah i mean it's it's a you know especially when things obviously ultimately didn't work out the way we would have planned them with Sada um you know and that, and that can happen as well and i and i think that that how that ended up and Sada's got the ability now to to play um is is what was what was right in that scenario as well but uh yeah i mean it's it's good to to see her out there on the court and wearing the red and white and uh Yeah. And I mean, she adds, uh, she adds uh, another dimension to the program and um, yeah, I mean, it's helping us for sure.
0: Yeah. Whenever you can get a freshman and top three of your singles lineup and, you know, partnering with Sarah and what, I don't think they've lost. Maybe they've lost once at that number three double spot. You've
1: got got to say Sarah. I actually had a phone call with Sarah for uh, one of the longest recruiting calls of all time back uh, when she was on the portal. Uh, So
0: give me the speech.
1: Yeah. Well, so at the end of the phone call, she said, oh, by the way, I know we've spoken for three hours, but I just wanted to tell you my name's Sarah, not Sarah. (laughs) Oh, it's Sarah. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, well. Yeah. No,
0: that's I appreciate that. So for Sarah, you look at what she um, she and Prisca have been able to do with that number three double spot. And again, that's two newcomers who you have just right away, that pairing. And to get a freshman to click in singles, let alone doubles as well you know, what's clicked. And it's not just them, right? It's Nell, it's Sophie, right? All of these newcomers seem to have acclimated themselves so quickly. To what do you credit that?
1: In doubles, we run a very simple system. I think we've talked about mm-hmm. that for a lot. Now, Sarah and Prisca did know each other. Okay. Which people don't realize. Sarah is from Australia, but she actually represents Malaysia. And uh, her father w- uh, was on the Davis Cup team in Malaysia uh, at one point. And so they'd run across each other in some of these, like the, it's like the, we have the Pan-American, there's like an Asian closed ITF event and also the SEA Games, Southeast Asia Games, where Prisker had been representing Indonesia and Sahara, Malaysia. So the there the was a little bit of conduit. I also think, and <laughs> I may get in trouble right now, <laughs> but the two languages are quite close, Malaysian and, and in, Indonesian. I'm Malay or, yeah, I'm, I'm being ignorant, all sure. right? But I think there's a level of communication between the two of them where they understand each other well. And generally, if you want to play reasonable doubles, it's good to have good communication. Um, Nell, I think we speak the same language as well. I mean, she's from the UK, even though I want to say that Bromley is very different to where I grew up in Yorkshire. Sure. Um, but she look, she has skills that, that do uh, help her uh, play the way that we want to play. I think a lot of people were a little bit confused when we were so high on Nell in some ways. Um, I mean, not to downplay it, but people people got it with Sarah and they got it with Sophie because they were playing number one, which is very similar know we've had a lot of transfers sure let's be honest a lot of people have me as transfer you but i'm gonna i'm I'm gonna give that title to Pear now uh (laughs) yeah yeah he's 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 definitely supplanted as a transfer you um but Nell, I, i think we'd seen her play a couple of times we liked what she was able to do we liked her ability to move and uh Close and generally british players play a lot of doubles growing up and um you know i mean maybe maybe it's just that the way she plays fits our system and so you know and uh, another thing that that hurt Nell was this this uh july one uh rule with the transfer portal which she actually her notification was after july one otherwise she would have been here in the fall as well okay so there's been some challenges with both Prisker and Nell which didn't really portend to them being able to come in and just get it going as quickly as they did. And I think we've been very fortunate that so far um, it's been you know, reasonably seamless, uh, particularly in the scenario with, with um, Alana not being healthy, that we knew we were going to have to count on them. And, and maybe that helped. Maybe maybe that cleared things up for uh, for the majority of our players that, okay, I have a very defined role rather than it being a bit of a gray area. And and to their credit, um, they've all been able to really hit the ground running. Mm -hmm.
0: And, you know, as you look at your schedule now and. Obviously it was Gauntlet. And we talked about it before the season for you guys to have Princeton and, you know, Ohio State come pretty much opening weekend of the year. Then you have the kickoff weekend. And I'm sure you were disappointed you didn't get a look, not, not to disrespect Penn State, but I bet you were looking forward to that Iowa State match. Like that's a sneaky good team here this year. And unfortunately, you know, they weren't able to get over there. You look, you still have the swing at Kansas, then at Texas. Did you plan that at Texas match, by the way, before or after the NASH, the NCAA semifinal?
1: So, so we played a neutral site match against Texas in 2019, right before the indoors. I remember at the time the girls were saying, why are we going to Atlanta to play Texas? I don't (laughs) understand. And I said, look, anytime you can play a team of the stature of Texas, we should be motivated to play. Mm -hmm. And this is where we, this is where we are now. And this is where we want to be. So we had this weird agreement to play a neutral site match and then a, a home and home. And the home game against Texas was supposed to have been last spring, but we were restricted on how far we could travel in the spring. So we never actually were able to make it work last spring. And uh, the road the road match, which was already scheduled back you know before the pandemic was this year and we will play them at home uh next spring as well i mean i you know if it yeah is it is it just coincidence that we played each other in the final four for sure mm-hmm. for sure i mean um but you know there's quite i mean there there are some similarities between i, I mean we've recruited some of the same players and um yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be an interesting one, particularly because I'm assuming it's going to be outdoors mm-hmm. and uh the way the weather's been on the East coast, we haven't seen outdoor tennis too much. <laughs> so yeah. far we, we tried to see it in Miami early on just to be ready for it. But so far we haven't played a match outdoors mm-hmm. and uh, that, that, that is a little disappointing because I mean, yeah, the indoors is, is great. And I, and I think it's, it's definitely a brand of tennis that we tend to do well in. Um, I mean, you can even see it with UNC. I mean, they're yeah. just like the goats of the indoors <laughs> for the most part. Well, uh, with
0: that indoors in mind, are you guys going to play matches on the fifth court with no uh, doubles alleys?
1: That's a conversation for Kyle. Uh, <laughs> okay. I think he did uh, yeah. earlier on. I think they Joe Schrader uh, played a singles match against heck who did they play that was it did we play elon or the men the men played a match where they did use it um i don't think so okay uh, i think people have, have seen that uh nice. is it any different no yeah uh the next gen they played on one didn't they yeah. In Turin, it's,
0: it's the same dimensions
1: yes i think it just optically it's a nightmare
0: optically you're like yeah. what am i doing
1: yeah, it's it's strange. We have a doubles drill that we we run where the girls can't use the alleys. Okay. It's quite handy for that. Okay. Uh yeah. Uh I know look on a on a daily basis with practice, it, it helps as well. I, Kyle's team, they have uh double-digit players. Mm-hmm. Um so we can run individuals. So I mean it's definitely very useful. And I think you could actually see that when the men played Georgia at home on Friday, that, that thing was packed as well yeah. as behind the courts. And so I think it's it's been an upgrade. In, and in in some ways, in ways that we didn't believe, the, the, the crazy thing is, is they built this building and it was literally five feet short of being able <laughs> to put a fifth court in. <laughs> and you can't make that up. Um, and when we measured it, we were like... This is a no-brainer mm-hmm. for us to try and do this because it, it it helps us in so many ways. Even even if we're not at the point where where uh, John Roddick's going to come in and want to play on that court per se, <laughs> I'm probably doing John a disservice there. Cause yeah, no, maybe, it's, maybe, it's, maybe John was like, "Hail, I'll play on that one." Yeah, no,
0: now, he would have been willing himself, but not the team. Um, but were, yes. yeah, and I'm curious though, you know. And this is a strange question, but uh, we've had the chance to chat, Chad, and I always appreciate your candidness. Your team has had a ton of success, and to Kyle and the men's side credit, they have as well. And obviously, with that success, hopefully, comes access to more resources, perhaps, within the athletic department, but... I'm curious with the success you guys have had, NCAA semifinals and, you know, now top 10 team on your hands uh, in the women's side, top 20 team for the men's side, number one recruiting class for the men in this last recruiting class. Are there greater expectations placed on you now from the athletic department? Are they expecting things? You talk about that packed crowd. Like, Is that the expectation now from the athletic department for your tennis programs?
1: No, I could be really candid here, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I
0: don't mean to get you in trouble, by the way.
1: No, no, no. It was funny. I was, so uh, UNC just gave Mike Brown a new contract. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's four games over 500. Sure. And I started thinking, heck, four games over 500 would I actually <laughs> be meeting or I'd be below expectations now for that. And yeah. when previously uh, in the 40 to 45 years, did we manage that in a free year stretch? Mm-hmm. So no expectations and standards have changed. Yeah. I mean, we, we were sort of right around the top 10 in 2019 and we were going great. As you, as you mentioned Um going into the indoors and through the indoors in 2020. And we managed to capitalize on that finally um, in postseason play last year. And and here we are again. Um, I think we have, look, I think the main thing is internally, we're driven by those expectations and standards and we've managed to raise those now. And I think that's helped us this spring so far Mm -hmm. is to understand that, uh, okay, I mean, one of our most important players is is not healthy and can't uh, contribute at the moment. So what, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) The rest of you came here for this as well and this is what you signed up for and this is how it's gonna be. So let's just work at this every day and uh, hopefully uh, the results will show on the court. And if they don't, and we don't quite perform and meet those standards, we've got to look at them and understand what they are and how we're managing this and then just objectively go about trying to put ourselves in position. And, uh, you know, I, I, we came into um, these first three weeks looking at the schedule and, you know, you mentioned Iowa state. Yeah. Iowa state, that was a good, good team to have on the schedule. I, you know, we played, we played them in the second round of NCAAs and we just want to play the best teams and take a crack at them and see how we do in those uh, situations. I think our fall schedule was similar. Um, in some ways, our records aren't super gaudy with our players, but I think we've managed to manage confidence and these sort of extraneous factors that people say, well, I, you know, to play better, i got to be confident. You're like, well, what is confidence? How do you generate confidence? Do you really get confidence just because you win a match well, you win a match because of a lot of those variables and those are things that we can control and we can work on and we're going to work on those many more times and playing matches okay. obviously if you start winning matches then you're going to get more of these type of matches uh that's just the way our sport is particularly beyond college uh the nice thing in college is we can guarantee those matches um so no i mean i yeah i mean potentially I think we, look, we do well in quite a lot of sports at NC yeah. State. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I was attracted to come here. You could see that there was change across the board. And uh, I always figured that if UNC and Duke were good in women's tennis, then why the heck could we not be any good? Um, it just, we're in the same city. Mm. And we've got access to all the same things. So why not? And uh You know, and so in many ways, maybe the expectations were always there, just hadn't been addressed.
0: No, I like that. And it completes the research triangle, by the way, now all three points, A squared, B squared equals C squared. Um, But, you know, looking, you, you talk about that. And yeah, I'm sure it helps when you're like, hey, I'm flying back to Japan for this day trip because we're about to lock in this recruit. She's going to play three singles for us, three doubles. Trust me. And they're like, okay, we trust you, and it works. And there's buy-in there um, from that side as well. As you look at your team, though, now, again, ACC, ACC, We've learned right away, you know, Duke still very, very good. UNC, obviously, still very, very good. And Virginia's right there. And, you know, Wake Forest, I don't want to disrespect Georgia Tech. Miami picked up a good win this weekend over Old Dominion as well. ACC's not going anywhere. As you look at uh, the, rest, the outlook for the conference the rest of this season, you know, what are you hoping to see from your team?
1: Yeah, the ACC is going to be the ACC. That's not, that's not changing. Amount of times I've fielded uh, text messages or WhatsApp group messages from people saying that we were overrated last year. <laughs> just I don't know whether it's a joke or they're just messing with me. Uh, but I look, we couldn't play in the fall, so how could we have been overrated or game the system? Doesn't work that way. Um, so no, I mean. Conference is coming up. We start out actually with free games. I don't know. Well, I, I do know who did this schedule because it was me. But uh, we start <laughs> out playing Miami, Florida State and Wake. Uh, free matches in five days on March 4th, 6th and 8th. Um, just being a quirk of the schedule, we've, we've actually not had Miami and Florida State here in Raleigh, but twice in the last seven or eight years. Mm -hmm. Um, just how it, how it went. So, I mean, you know, those, those are just some really tough matches to start out with. And then we follow it with Wake who, you know, we played a very good match against Wake in the kickoff. I would expect that, uh, you know, when we get to March 8th, that that's going to be really rough. And um, yeah, I mean, they, these schools continue to attract great talent and um, we, you know we have a we have very, very stable coaching staffs at most of uh, the schools, and I think that that's very important in women's tennis. And uh, you know the 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 type of kids that that come and play in our league are, are pretty serious minded kids. Uh, I think they' they're pretty focused. and uh, it generally generally shows with with the programs. It's been tremendous amount of success. I want to say, we've had six or seven programs make at least the final four. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, one match at a time mentality, which is total cliche, right? And I'm not about cliches. That's, that's for sure. Um, I have to say, I I'm not thinking about it as much as you would have thought so far this year.
0: Sure.
1: (laughs) Um, I think if, if you do start getting ahead of yourself like that, then it's, it's too much. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually was trying to get some of our travel organised um, earlier today, and that's sort of the first sort of thought I've, I've given it. I, I actually think that the non-conference is crucial. Mm-hmm. I think we have the luxury right now, unlike my early years, where I'm not just panicking about 500. Mm-hmm. Um, we we only hit. 500 and managed to sneak in my second year here on the last weekend of the season. And I mean, you're trying to walk the tightrope of four free wins to just get in. Um, But, but now we have the luxury that uh, we can really be, be quite liberal with the way we go about the non-conference. And uh, I actually think that um, the non-conference, if we do it the right way and we understand how the rankings work, it can uh, really, you know, Send us into the ACC schedule with with a little bit of momentum, and potentially, you know, if we can put a bit of scoreboard pressure mm-hmm. in 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 abstract ways on other teams, then maybe maybe it can help us yeah. in, uh, in the conference. Uh, but no, I mean, it's 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 gonna be really really. We had a, we had a, a four match streak last year where we played at Miami, at Duke, at UNC, and then Virginia at home. Hmm. <laughs> it's just bonkers uh, absolutely bonkers that's a fun the, run no not at <laughs> all yeah I think we we had two girls that were half passed out after we beat Miami in Miami from the just sheer mental and physical effort down there mm-hmm. and then we still had to go to Duke and then at UNC had a big crowd in the pandemic and we're like what is going on here <laughs> I guess this is a sign that this thing is actually loosening up a little bit and then obviously virginia uh right after that and uh, that's what that's 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 how it is in the acc and uh, that's what's exciting about our conference and i and i think that's that's the same for for each of the 14 programs and uh yeah i mean it's 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 almost a um a season in in of its own
0: yeah, and I know, of course, there's no denying. We're looking forward to that. Looking forward to the indoors, of course, as well. Now, I can't let you go without one Armstrong question because, you know, I always like to sneak one in. I'm, I'm one of two ways here, whether to ask which was your best team or just to ask you what the 2010 season is like, where you have undefeated men's and women's teams on your hands. You guys end up winning the championship in both the men's and women's uh for both your men's and women's teams and again you're 33 and 0 with the women in 2010 and I think or excuse me well, not 2010 2012 excuse me 29 and 0 for the women and 30 and 0 for the men um do you want do you want to tell me what 2012 was like or do you want to tell me which team was your best team
1: 2012 was <laughs> It was an interesting year. There were some things going on during that season that I probably can't divulge in the, in this podcast. <laughs> it was um, it was a road trip that season that uh, resembled a certain uh, movie. Okay, that, 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 was, that was quite popular around in in those times. If you go and look at our schedule, you can probably figure it out. Sure, uh, but no, I mean. I mean, what a great year. We we knew we had an amazing men's team that season. It was one of those where generations overlap. We had uh, Mick Adoya, as a Estonian. I mentioned Estonia earlier. He decided that uh, he wanted one last kind of rodeo there, and uh, we'd, we'd been disappointed in 10 and 11. His freshman year, we'd won a national title. So in order for us to to get another player. Um, he took the fall off and gave up scholarship. And so we were able to bring Georgi Rumanov, mm-hmm. um, who's who's uh, out working with Madison Keys right now, um, in early. And we we just had an, just an insane men's team. We had four players on the same team that were ranked number one hmm. in Division Two at the same time. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, the guys... The practice, even practice was just unreal every day. They had such a good – I actually think it helped us that we hadn't won for a year or two uh-huh. with mm-hmm. that team. So it it seemed like it came easy, but if you were present on a daily basis, you you would have seen what it took for us to be able to produce that type of a season. I don't think we lost too many points that year. Uh, I want to say we weren't quite there with the the Brian, Brian, Goldstein, uh, Abrams, Kim, uh, Ryan Walters season, right, at Stanford. But we were close. Uh, The women's team that year was was kind of funny because we had a pretty young team and it just snuck up on us. And all of a sudden we go into NCAAs and I don't know whether, I'm pretty sure the girls had the expectation that, you know, he talked about standards and expectations that that was going to be how it was. And it just seemed like we played awesome when it really mattered. Um, we played our nemesis, or not really our nemesis, but our rival BYU-Hawaii. Sure. Uh, in the... Um, was that the final? I'm blanking right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a final against them, which is which is the classic final. It's like the Classico. Sure. Of Division II on the women's <laughs> side. And... We, I want to say there was a game at number two doubles. It was Marlene and Hacker and Olga Kaladzitsa. Yeah. And how on earth we got to five all? I can't even explain. It felt like we're down love forty every service game, and we just managed to find a way. And then all of a sudden, we just got on fire for three games, one one and eight game. Uh, pro set that that we were playing back then with regular scoring and just got out into singles. And it looked like we belonged with a bunch of new players. And it's one of those where you're sort of like, okay, we need to win this one, this yeah. one, and this one. We need to try and make sure we get this one quick. And it just it just went that way. <laughs> yeah And I had that happen twice with the women. We had the same thing in Houston in 2008 where it just seemed like we had all the answers almost like it was a cheat sheet uh, and we knew exactly what was going to happen before it happened and we were able to perform and uh, yeah I mean that those two seasons so 2008 and 2012 were were unreal 2009 we won both as well but that w- that was a struggle with the men that season
0: yeah what was the better <laughs> I mean, team in, who was the better team in 12 the men or the women
1: the women are going to kill me for this one, but it was the man. <laughs> it, it was a hundred percent the man. And, they, and they know Is that the only
0: they, time by the way, when, cause you won simultaneously a couple of times, would you say that's the one time the men were better? Cause some of the women's records, I mean, cause that's what like you win 10 undefeated championship. Oh, five undefeated championship, 12 undefeated championship. Some good teams.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We didn't lose too many times with the women. <laughs> uh, that's for sure. Um, Let's, say, let's just say that, yes. The men got them once.
0: Yeah.
1: In, in 2012. Uh, the guys who were on the team in 2008 are probably going to be blowing me up later about that <laughs> one. <laughs> and uh, that one was fun as well. Um, but uh, we... Yeah. I'm not... Oof. 2008, maybe. 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 2012, yes, but... I'm sure uh, Alexandra Filipovsky Barbara, and, and, and the rest of them are going to give it to me later now.
0: Yeah. no, I, I like it.
1: that because they're, they're just going to be like, no, there's never was a time that Armstrong men's tennis outstrip the women's program
0: <laughs> well here would be their argument is 35 losses for the women 83 losses for the men that would be their argument during the tenure um uh, which is ridiculous well, it
1: was even better than that i mean from 2004 until 14 i've i want to say it was like 330 and 10 or something yeah like that. no
0: because you look 35 of the losses 14 24 of the 35 so yeah 24 of the 35 happened before oh four uh yeah 25 of the 35 happened by 04 so yeah from 2005 on 10 losses
1: i hate it for the players that i had in the beginning but potentially yeah. i just didn't know what the heck i was doing for a while i feel there. like
0: you probably like the O two 2 women's team sneakily your favorite the runner-up
1: so that one, that was kind of our uh first glimpse of what could yeah. be i had i had a couple of players on that team i that I got so lucky recruiting early on and they basically carried us and made me look really good (laughs) when I I was totally clueless, especially with with recruiting. Um, I had no idea. I just literally thought the phone was going to ring and players were going to come. It doesn't work that way though, does it at all? (laughs) uh, You know, it took me a while and, uh, you know, I was quite fortunate, particularly with uh, Sophie and Michaela back then that they made me look really, really good. And that kind of culminated with us reaching that final. We just we just didn't have continuity back then, and I think some of that was understanding that once you come off a good season, that the next season is just not going to be mm-hmm. that same way. But I think out of that season, in many ways, became two thousand four and two thousand and five. Yeah, I just had to figure out what, like I said, what the heck was I doing, and how was I really kind of going to do it, you know, David uh, was also on the men's team during that time period. Uh-huh. And David became the graduate assistant with the program after the uh, two fa- after the 2006 season. So, uh, you know, a lot of those sort of variables and factors that have really been uh, in place now for a long time were sort of coming together. Uh-huh in that time period but now 2002 you look at photographs from back then i look like a child <laughs>
0: <laughs> i like that
1: i don't know maybe 20 pounds ago as well that's funny did you know
0: david was going to be a coach when you had him were you like yep that's my future assistant
1: i remember there was a conversation because the men lost in the round of 16 were at the plaza tennis center yeah In Kansas City. The men had lost in the round of 60, and I think we'd won.
0: And of course, we're referring, by the way, to David Secker, your current assistant coach here at NC State.
1: Yeah. And I can't remember exactly, but I knew he was like, Look, Dave, I mean, your playing career is over now. You're going to (laughs) be, you need to assist me the next few days at the tournament. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's time to man up and uh, switch hats and step into this role because, because I, who the heck was my assistant? I'm I'm really getting old now. If I can't remember, maybe Sophie. In fairness, would...
0: This was like two decades ago.
1: Yes, so I think Sophie uh, Golapengser at the time, Sophie Elwood now, um, was my assistant. So we knew there was going to be a transition, mm-hmm. and uh, David. Uh, yeah, I mean, he he actually switched literally overnight. We lost a five-four match, which I'm sure he still has a bad taste in his mm-hmm. mouth about against against West Florida, which is just not the team we wanted to lose to at Armstrong. Wow. Derek, Derek Racine will appreciate that. <laughs> it's just different, different programs. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, David immediately stepped up and um, you know outside of five years out there in California, he's he's been in that role for a long time. Mm-hmm. Right now, all the way from, from his playing days and me trying to push him out the door after his sophomore year <laughs> <laughs> to now.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's so hard. I mean, there, there's so many teams and I mean, I've been really fortunate to be able to do this now for quite a long time.
0: Mm-hmm. No, and again... Yeah. Lots of success. That success now starting to tally up uh, in Raleigh as well. So, Coach Earnshaw, congratulations to you and the team on the 8-0 and start. The work's not done yet, though. Uh, obviously excited to see you all compete at the national indoors as well. And, yeah, good luck to you all. Be safe. Be healthy. I will see you in Madison.
1: Yeah, I, I'm starting to think that success just gets me speaking to you. Uh <laughs> with more frequency so you know that alone means i'm gonna i'm gonna absolutely try and bust it as much as i can to get on here oh if hey I, excellence if,
0: is gravitated to excellence that's what they always say if,
1: if i could just start speaking like ty <laughs> uh, i listened to that one the other day i mean i swear he's he's almost doing an impersonation of himself doing an impersonation <laughs> of ty he does play <laughs> if, a character role there's for if, sure absolute comedic genius i know he's good he's Uh, created a persona oh 100 so if if i've i've just got to work on that right Um,
0: i think uh, you have a good persona i think you're i think you're on your way
1: we'll see we'll (laughs) see i just i I've, i've just got to become a little more gnarly and a little more uh Pessimistic about stuff. Potentially. Oh, I
0: like it. No, D- not yet I, though.
1: Not yet. I've never been in. I've never been in the Big Ten, so I don't have. Any
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what? Here's the difference between you and Ty Tucker. You have said you're disappointed to play an outdoor match, not to have not played one by the end of January. He's like, ha, outdoor tennis in January, please. Uh, and so that right there is the difference. We don't get to do that in the Midwest. You know,
1: he'll, pro- he'll probably build a fifty million dollar outdoor facility, though, <laughs> just to, just just for the sake of looking at it, right? Uh, <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> yes. yes, thank you, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to see you guys and hear the commentary. And did I did I read that Mike C. Tennis? Who
0: it will be, Mike Cation myself. Yes,
1: yes. So uh, yeah, I'm 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 excited to to get up there. We'll we'll travel tomorrow.
0: Yeah, well, I will look forward to seeing you, coach and shot. Travel safe. We will see you in Madison.
1: Cheers.